Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. Holy Spirit, come. Fill this message. Fill this message, Father, with your presence, your interpretation, Father, through the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to get into your word, Father. Be able to learn something. Be able to get knowledge and ever so desirable wisdom. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to open up your word. The opportunity to be able to get in your presence, Father. Father, we ask you right now just to bring your presence into this. Anointing breaks the yoke. Break the yoke of every bondage in anyone's life, Father, right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We ask you right now, Father, to lead us, guide us, and direct us in your ways. Father, and in your word. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now to intercede for us. And be that understanding that we need. Although we may have different different ministering words in our brain that you give to us in our spirit, Father, that you are the linking bridge that brings all of us together. And we thank you, Father, for that. We thank you for linking us together within the Holy Spirit, Father, the power of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We ask you to bless every single one watching, everyone listening, Father, to this message that we're about to give. Holy cow. Amen. Good day, everybody. Good day. Good day. I hope everyone's having a great day in Jesus by way of the Holy Spirit. Whether we're catching you right now in the morning when you're waking up, getting up, Getting some coffee, getting some breakfast, uh, just waking up, get your day started anywhere out in the world you may be. Uh, man, just getting ready for a day full of errands, activities, or work. Or we're catching you midday through your day when you're just going through stuff, got the trials, tribulations you're going through. But 
You see God doing things. You see God making things happen for you in your life. You see God, God just making ways out of impossibilities. And you're getting through that thing called that midday madness. Or we're catching you at the end of your day when you're with your family, kicking it, having some dinner, watching some TV, relaxing, enjoying the people you're closest to, and you just want a really nice message to end your day with, to get an inspirational, godly word into your, into your life. Right now, however you're doing it, whenever, wherever, however, you're now tuned into the Blue Book, presented to you by Pentecost Ministries. Hosted by your boy Blue. Man, I hope everyone out there right now is just enjoying today. Uh, you know, we got things happening. Hopefully, you know, we can start getting back on a track where things are just going to be good for us. Um, I know God is good all the time and all the time God is good. So that's irrelevant to, you know, uh, a skeptic mind. God's always doing something special always making things happen whether or not you understand or you recognize what god is doing he is doing it it doesn't take your actual um approval for him to do it he don't ask advice from any of us he does this thing you pray to him and what does he do what does he do he makes things ways out of no ways he bridges gaps he, he builds bridges he makes things happen. And once you get through it, after you go through all your stress and anxiety, once you get through it, then you see what God does. You're like, yeah, God's a good God. We got to get into the point where before something happens, we have that faith in Him. We have that that trust in the Lord that when we get to something, we're still going to make it. We got to trust in Him. Okay? I know it's hard. You want to be independent. You want to do your things by yourself. You want to make things happen by yourself. I get that. At the same time, that is what faith is for. Faith is for you to trust in God that no matter what obstacle you come in front of, you will get through it by way of God. Don't fear anything. Spiritually, it's easier to say that than it is physically. Because physically, we're always going to have that feeling, that emotion, that pressure that skepticism we're always going to have that that's just our human body but we have to learn how to get in the spiritual fearlessness of false evidence that appears real we have to start moving towards that and believing god is going to do something for us that's the main thing god is going to do something for us okay well after every every blue book we do say our pledge so, we're going to begin again, before we get into the word, and in the end of this message, we're going to say our pledge. And that pledge is this. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag. I pledge to the Christian flag, and to the Savior from whom kingdom it stands. One Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again, with life, liberty, and for all those who believe. Fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Man, we got a great word today. I don't know if you have your Bibles today with you, whether it's on your phone, your computer, or you have the wonderful word itself. However you rock the word, even if you don't, well, I want you to pay attention to today's word. Today's word's gonna be, message is going to be very, very important. Okay? So, anyhow, if you have your word, want you to turn to the book of Romans. Okay, New Testament, Romans. 
Okay, very popular book. It's had a lot of good gems in it. Holy Spirit really moves in Romans. Not that it moves, doesn't move in any other books, because it moves in all the books. But today, on this message, it's working in Romans. Okay, so we're going to be in Romans. I study out the Amplified Bible. I'm an Amplified believer. I'm a Pentecost Amplified believer. I like words. I like expression. I like to understand in multiple different directions what he's trying to say to get the encompassing of what the Word of God is trying to say to me. So I am an Amplified Bible reader. So, if you whatever, whatever Bible you choose to use, fantastic. I'm happy for you. If it reaches you, teaches you, helps you, learns you, shows you wisdom, that is fantastic. Um, but here we are, Romans. And also in this message... We'll be going through several other different translations, uh, versions of the Bible. If something sounds different, looks different, reads different, we'll go over it and try to, you know, kind of combine all this together so it makes a lot more sense to everyone, okay? Because I know sometimes these uh, these translations may not be exactly what we're looking for or trying to understand or it may word, be worded differently, so we'll do that. But we're going to be in Romans. We're going to be in the 8th book, Romans 8. 31. I'm sure for those who are watching, listening this to this message today, probably know what Romans 8.31 is. Yet, we're going to go through it. Romans 8.31. One scripture, that's all we need. Romans 8.31. Okay? So, what does Romans 8.31 mean? I know what it says, but what does it mean? Paul continues to offer encouragement to Christians on the side of eternity. And before I go any further, give me one second, I gotta do something. Okay. So, Paul continues to encourage to offer encouragement to Christians on the side of eternity. Okay, he continues to offer encouragement to Christians on this side of eternity, which is reality. It's true, we are suffering. And any Christian, anyone who believes in God, knows that we right now are suffering. Suffering in spiritual, suffering in physical. Because a lot of people consider the Word of God and how certain Christians perceive the Word of God to be hate speech. Can't blame me for it. Really can't. Because there's a lot of people out there who do not know how to translate or interpret the Word properly. So, there's a lot of people out there claiming that the Bible is hate speech because there's people out there interpreting it not through the Holy Spirit, but through knowledge. Not Holy Spirit, knowledge. So, we're suffering. Christians, or Jesus Christians, or Christians, Jesus Christians, are having a very hard time with reaching people the correct way because too many people that claim to be Christians are out there just walling out, saying prosperity preaching and saying damnation and saying all kinds of just crazy stuff but in reality in reality the bible is 100% life love peace and accountability god teaches that from the old testament to the new testament he teaches that in different stories in different ways the book the bible is the greatest greatest dictionary or library ever written okay so <clears throat> we are suffering through, it doesn't mean that God is not with us or for us in previous verses. It doesn't mean he isn't with us or for us. In, in, in the previous verses of 831, it just means this is where we're at right now. Paul has shown that God is working to complete a purpose in us 
that he set out to do before he even formed the world. That's Ephesians 1.4. So he's, he's, before he formed the world, he had an idea of how to form us to this world. Form to the world. Okay, the world is ran by, by Satan. We know that. Fallen angel controls the earth, feelings, emotions, sins, and all, all kinds of stuff. He runs it. God does not force you into the kingdom. He wants you to love into the kingdom. He wants you to see the difference that he makes in people's lives and make a difference in his, in your life. That's what he wants to do. He wants to show you, you bring him in, and then he can restore you from what you were to what you're going to be. It doesn't take your understanding to get there. It takes your discipline in your love that you find for God after he shows you what he's going to do for you for you to to um, embrace it and to take it on as your own and then you die to self you live for God and God gives you your desires your heart as he as you fulfill him he fulfills you okay so that purpose is to make us like Christ and God is still using all things to finish the, his, his process. Romans 8, 28, 28. That purpose is to make us like Christ, not Christ. We're not Christ. We're like him, which means that we do things in his way. Kind of like a parent. A parent teaches a child how to, how to do certain things, how to act like an adult, how to run his life, pay bills, uh, relationships, yada, yada, yada. So... That's what Christ is trying to do. He's trying to show you how to defeat evil, use his name and his power that he had with the Holy Spirit. We have that Holy Spirit power as believers to repel evil as much as we can, to love Jesus, have an obedience to God, and let the Holy Spirit guide us through this process. Okay. Again, in this passage, Paul speaks from the perspective of saved Christian believers. Not talking from a person who, who sinned and isn't with the Lord in that way. Not rejection. Okay. You got to understand, we are all God's children. We are all come from God onto the earth through our mom's womb, and we are all God's kids. Okay. Once we get to an age of accountability or understanding of what it is to have Jesus is when we become, we, we're, we're, we're born again Christians, born again Jesus Christians. That means we accept the role, we've owned up to our past, whether or not we did it intentionally or not intentionally, however you want to put it, and we, uh, can't breathe, we have now know that we've done wrong so we now move forward we move forward and keep Christ the center keep Christ the center okay so references here to us or we are not inclusive of the entire human race you got to understand not every human being believes in Jesus we know that there's several different religions, several different denominations, several different beliefs. There's been religious wars for centuries and lifetimes. This is not about the entire compass of human race. This is about people who believe or don't believe. Okay? But only those who have accepted Jesus in faith. Romans 3.23-26 and John 3.16-18. Only those people 
who have Jesus in their heart, this is speaking to you. This is speaking to you. Okay, this is a message from God to you as a believer in Jesus. They ain't speaking to the whole world. Okay? You gotta understand, having the power of Christ is different than not having the power of Christ. Although Jesus can use people in his will or God to bless those who are Christians, that's his plan, is what he does. You do not have to recognize God's work in your life for him to do it. Nor do you have to recognize him in your life to one day get him. He does what he does regardless of your interest or acknowledgement. He does what he does. It's in your best interest because he has shown you love to embrace God, embrace Jesus, embrace the Holy Spirit. It's in your best interest because honestly, it's you by yourself with God when you pass over into the the world the 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 the, the world of God's world. Okay, that supernatural world. It's going to be you and Him. That's it. Not the whole world behind you and you don't got an audience. You got you and Him. And you have to make a decision while you're here to either embrace Him or not embrace Him. Okay? That's why, you know, there's there's, there's a thing I was talking to my wife today about. About those who, if you can't live up to it, just step back. Just step back and restart. Step back and restart. That's why when you go to church, they ask you, do you want to rededicate? Rededicate, rededicate, rededicate. Not that you're not saved. It's just that your actions, the way you carry yourself and the way you are, are showing to be not a follower, not a true believer. Are you? Very well could be. That's between you and God. But when your fruits of your labor show that you're not being fruitful, which means, which means, you know, being kind, loving, accountable, and all kinds of other things that show that, hey, my, my actions speak louder than my words. I can tell you all day that I'm a believer in God. But until you see me do that, until you see my fruits of my labor, you're not going to believe because actions speak louder than words. If you are in that, just back down. Just back up. Just back up. Just back up. Just take it. Lay low, buddy. Lay low and get it right. All the other ones out there who are speaking craziness, who are speaking all kinds of just far out nonsense, they're not even believers. They're just preaching a positive message to get you to believe a positive message. Positivity and the gospel are two entirely different things. They're not the same. They have no congruency to them. Positive and gospel, not the same. You can, you can be positive all day long and not include a bit of conviction. Because gospel has a conviction to get to the gospel. You have to be convicted, restored, and then you can see the gospel take action. Positive is just be good, be self, self-containing, get up, motivate, eat right, drink right, treat people right. Self-motivating. That has nothing to do with the true gospel. The attributes of that can be implemented in the gospel. Be a good human being. Treat people with respect. Those things can be an attribute of the gospel. But the gospel is conviction, restoration, discipleship. Go from what you were. Restore or convict you. Because sin is is a conviction. Okay, Convict you. Restore you. And then disciple you. 
This is the gospel. And as you read the word of God, you will see the difference in how it works. You will see the difference in how God takes someone who has zero ability to comprehend the gospel, zero ability to be able to to comprehend that they can be changed, restored, renewed, and delivered, and do that. Okay, that's a very, very radical way of putting it, but it's the truth. Positivity and gospel are not the same. So when they say we suffer, we're suffering. Okay? In light of the fact that God foreknew, foreknew us, He already knew about us, okay? Predestined us and called us, justified us, and will glorify us in Romans 8.30, Paul comes to an under, undeniable conclusion. God, God must be for us. God must be for us. Who are in Christ by faith. Okay? Understand that. God must be for us who are in Christ by faith. Our faith is that Jesus will help us through it. Our faith is that Jesus will bring us through whatever it is we need to get through. That is the faith of Christ. That believing in Him, we can we can do all things, we can see all things, we can be all things, we have the power that He had with the Holy Spirit, and we are headed to heaven once He calls our name. Okay? What an amazing and life-changing thought, though. Okay? The one true God, the creator of all things, is for us. Once you accept God into your life, Jesus into your heart, and the Holy Spirit to help direct your life, God is for you. What an awesome thing for anyone who accepts that. God is for you. With him, for us, who couldn't ever possibly be against us. If God is for us, who could possibly be against us? Because God created everything. He even created the devil. Before he was the devil, he created him as Lucifer. He kicked him out of heaven because he was being cocky. He was being uh, he he was being egomaniacal. He was being a, a narcissistic idiot. He kicked him out of heaven. Put him down with one third of the angels. He, he does not hate the devil. He actually feels very, very sad for the devil because he see you can't hate something you know where it's going. We, we we have a tendency to hate something because we don't know their direction. We just know that at this point, they're being really, really naughty. Really, really despicable. And we hate them, or we say the word hate, because that's the closest, the most farest way of putting someone that we have zero likeship to. Okay, you're causing me to do things wrong. You're bringing conviction, uh, uh, incorrection into my life. You are swaying me off to the, a path that I don't need to be on because I know that's a wrong path. So you use the word hate as a way to describe how your inner feeling feels about someone who has done you wrong, who has led you wrong, who has led somebody in your family wrong, your job wrong. These are the words. These are the things you say. Someone killed somebody in your family, took a life, cheated on you. These are the transgressions against you that you use hate to to describe how you feel in your heart or what you feel is your heart. God don't have that. There is no hate in the kingdom of God. 
There's no place for darkness in the pla- in kingdom of God. So the point being is that God does not hate the devil. God knows where the devil is going. And God feels sorry for the devil. We should not hate the devil. We should do the same thing God does. Even Jesus did not hate the devil. Jesus himself was like, man, I don't know if I can do this. But the Holy Spirit inside him gave him the strength to be able to endure that type of a sinful whooping, that type of sacrifice. The Holy Spirit gave him that strength. Three years of his life, from 30 to 33, what did he do? Perform miracles and, and do all this miraculous thing through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave him that strength to do it, okay? Because human-wise, can't do it. Human-wise, not going to do it. It was the Holy Spirit that was inside Jesus, that contained, was contained in Jesus, that gave him that strength to take that whooping, okay? Jesus doesn't hate the devil. He feels bad for him, too, because he knows that after all this destruction is going on, he knows where he's going. Everyone is going to, conf- going to confess that Jesus Christ is king and bow to Jesus. Everyone is. The devil, the demons, everyone alive in heaven are all going to bow. So there's no hate for something you know where it's going because you've already feel bad that it's going to go there. You can't feel bad and hate at the same time. It's impossible to do that. Okay? So... That being said, if God is for you, who can be against you? Okay? Of course, every anyone at, at all might be against you. There might be a lot of people who you feel are against you, who are trying to cause you harm and trying to bring things in and threatening you and doing all these things in literal terms. Any person or group mighty might try to oppose us or afflict us, come against those believers. But you have to understand, people who come against you are not necessarily hating, they're hurting. Hate and hurt are two different things, but sound and could be meaning in a non-logical mind the same thing. Okay? You're hurt, so you react. You hurt, so you say hate, because it's the most powerful word in the dictionary that can describe your pain. Okay? Hurt. People want to hurt us because not because of us as human beings they want to hurt us because of what's inside us they cannot control what's inside you they cannot control that holy spirit that holy spirit and that jesus is something no one on this earth in life can take from you it is something inside you you understand so people they may come against you you may think oh they're hating on me they're hating on me they're hating on me no they're just hurting they're hurting and the hurt is a reflection on you because they want what you have they say no it's not what it is yes it is you don't understand what makes me joyful being in the Lord so all you're going to do is theological thesaurus word hate me or in logical words hurting so you're going to try to inflict hurt on me by being negative to me by by dragging me down by saying hurtful words to me that is translated into a hate message but it's truly a hurt thing you're hurt because you don't know how to you don't know how to explain and you have mister you're mysteriously mistress on what's going on with me okay ploy not affected okay simple as that so, <laughs> it's so wonderful. Paul's question is, who of any consequence could ever be against us? If you come against the Lord's people, what do you expect to happen? 
What do you truly expect to happen? We're not going to get positivity. Someone, you're not going to get blessed. If you come against God's people, how do you expect to get blessed? Tell me that. How do you expect to get blessed when you're coming against God's people? How do you expect to get blessed? I'd like to know that. Well, you know, I really don't. Yeah, you don't understand the concept of what coming against God's people really is. What you do know is that something about that person is different. Something about that, and I'm talking about true Christ, Jesus Christ, Christians. I ain't talking about the, the popular televangelists and all these other people out there who are spreading hurtful messages out there and claiming Christ Christianity. All right? I'm talking about real Jesus Christians. The ones who are humble, the ones who are accountable, the ones who spread love, the ones who bring peace, the ones who don't judge, the ones who keep their keep self honest, the ones who would rather help you than get near you in a hurtful manner. Those ones. Coming against those people, what about that is going to help you? You're not doing yourself any favors doing that. Okay? So, what could anyone against us ever hope to accomplish against us? What are you going to accomplish by being against a true Jesus Christian? Who are, what are you going to really accomplish with that? You're not going to accomplish anything because that person is a humble person and is going to take it on the chin and keep walking. You're not being righteous about it. How are you being righteous being against a true Jesus Christian? How are you going to be uh, how are you going to be righteous against that? You can't. There's no righteousness to that. So what do you do? You can just you just keep on moving. I got no time. I got time for this. I'm moving. I'm bouncing out. You got to listen to what you're really saying and seeing who you're really against and why you're against that person to begin with. Oh, you have Jesus. You got to be a bad person. How was Jesus a bad person to begin with? I want to know that. What did he do against you? What did he ever do to you? What did he ever do to you that caused you that kind of theological thorosaurus hate, hurt? What did he do to hurt you? Did nothing. Nothing. He helped everyone he came across. He loved and gave you truth messages. Truth is not popular. Truth is to people who don't embrace it, hurtful. Because it goes against really moral code. The law of the land is mimicked the, the law of the Lord is mimicked by the law of the land. Don't kill, steal, lie, so forth. Okay? Jesus came to say that's true. But I don't want you to obey that as much as I want you to love me. You love me, you're going to you're going to you're going to have that on path. Pretty much saying this isn't gone. The Ten Commandments is not gone. It's just I want you to love me. And by loving me and by loving my father, you're going to keep it regardless. You don't have to think about that, that obedience like that anymore. If you love me and love my father, you're going to, for lack of a better term, obey that. Because you don't have to think about that as being religion, religion, religion. One through ten, religion. You're loving me and loving my father, which means you're going to, you're automatically going to fall in line with that. That's what that means. So how are you, how are you, how are you accomplishing anything? And, it, and the question is, who, who of any consequence could ever be against us? What could anyone against us ever accomplish? If God himself is for us, 
What chance is there for anyone, for for someone, contort God's intent to save those justified by faith in His Son? If God Himself is for us, what chance is there that someone can thwart God's intent to save those justified by His Son? Who? What? If God is, what chance do you have to do that? I don't get it. What chance do you got? You don't got a chance. The question is whether we believe God is truly for us. Do you truly believe God is for you? If you truly believe God is for you, then no one can be against you because even the devil isn't against you. He may, it may feel like he's against you, but you got the power of the Lord. The, the, boom, hit the road, Jack. Whether or not you use that power, because we all fall daily, maybe weekly, maybe monthly, who knows? Not here to say who does, sins on a regular basis or not regular basis, but we all have sinned at one point or another. You have the power in Jesus and the Holy Spirit, love you, Lord, to say, hit the road, Jack. It may take more than one time. Depending on how weak your resistance is, to that sinful nature. Whatever, whatever the long list of sins that, that you got going on, depending on your resistance. Think of sin and your in your in your spiritual health as the immune system. As the immune system. Okay? How strong is your immune system to resist your spiritual immune system? The food of your spirit, the Holy Spirit drinketh. To your immune system. How strong is that to say? Hit the road. The stronger you are in your wisdom for the Lord. Takes one shot. One shot. So it does. One shot. Out. The devil knows. The devil's very aware. The demons. His little demons. Not even the devil. His little demons. His little demons are fully aware of your capability. And he picks on those that are weaker than him. The devil's weak. Well, that means must mean you're weaker. Because the stronger you get in the word, the bigger the demon. The tougher the demon. This is important. The Holy Spirit in it is more important. Because that is the wisdom you pick up in your word. The question whether we believe in God truly is for us. Paul offers a definitive answer to that question in the following verse. <clears throat> okay? So, let's get to it. Romans 8.31. What does it say? What then shall we say to all this? What, what then shall we say to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe? If God is on our side, in Psalms 118.6, if God is on our side, who can be against us? Because God created everything. If you're rocking with the Lord, if if you are ghosting for the Lord, who can be against you? He who did not, okay, we're going to go on to 832. He who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave up him for all of us, 
will he not also with him relay and graciously give us an, uh, other thanks? If God is for you, who can be against you? Okay. So, it says this is in Psalms 118.6. Let's see. What does Psalms 118.6 say? I'm kind of curious now. I haven't read that in a while. Okay. So, let's go 118.6. Okay, 118.6. Oh, highlighted. Fantastic. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's in Hebrews 13.6 as well. So, in Psalms 118.6, it says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear false evidence that appears real. I will not fear. That's false evidence that appears real. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to you? If God's for you, what can man do to you? Okay, Hebrews 13, 6. Okay, so, as another reference, Hebrews 13, 6. I'm interested now. I'm going to keep following it until I find the end of this. I'm interested. Don't mind me, guys. I'm very interested in these different scriptures. I didn't see these in here. So else we got Hebrews 13, 6. Is that what it is? All right. All right. 13, 6. Also highlighted. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my is my helper. I will not be seized with harm. That means I will not freeze up in harm or lose my bearings in harm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. I won't have any type of negative feeling, so to speak. What can man do to me? I like that one. Matter of fact, I really like that one. Let's put a little card right here. Put a little card right here. And save that one. I like that. I'm going to save that right there. Okay. So. I got to hide this. It's a, it's a good scripture. Hebrews 13, 6. So we can take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. He helps me. I make my decision, but he helps me make them. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not stop and go, Oh, what's going on? Eh, keep moving. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. Fear, dread, or terrified. Three words that all fall in the darkness. Fear, dread, terrified. What can man do to me? What can man do to you? What can a man do to you? You're like, well, he can shoot you. He can do this. He can do that. Take your life. Yes, I understand the carnal, <clears throat> um, carnal after result of someone who has, is hell bent on taking your life. We're not talking about real. We're not talking about the earth. We're talking about in spiritual form. <clears throat> spiritual movement changes everything. That's why I say pray. Praying is important because that changes the direction of spiritual um, waves, so to speak. It changes the waves. It changes things. Anyone you ever talk to who's been who astral plane, who is demonically possessed and do things and, and for the devil, will tell you that they can't. There's nothing they can do with people who pray. 
people who pray to God is a one-way channel. They can't mess with them. Okay? So the point is, is that you, you, you don't get messed with when your faith, you like, hit the road. Okay? So what we're going to do now is we're, we're going to look at different references. Okay? Which is very, very important. Very, very important. Let's see here. <laughs> All right. So, NIV says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay. In the NLT, it says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? It's God is for us who can be against us. Pretty much, they all say pretty much the same thing. There's not really anything different with that. Okay. So, let's do something different. Let's compare. Let's see what we can do here. Because I'm interested myself. Told you in in this message, we're going to, we are going to compare uh, scripture and see what it says to us. Let's see what it says. Alright. Oh boy. Let's see. Does anything say different to us? Okay. Here we go. Found one. The Message Bible says So, what do you think? God is on our side like this. How can we lose? God is on our side like this. How can we lose? The New Century Version says, So what sh- What should we say about this? As God is for us, no one can defeat us. That's good. Can't be defeated, can't lose. Pretty much everything is saying roughly the same thing. Those two are the only ones. You can't lose and can't be defeated. Pretty simple stuff. Okay? So, in reference, Romans 8 begins and ends with declarations of Christians' absolute security before God. Okay? It begins and ends with the absolute security that God is for us, no one can be against us. There is no condemnation for those in Christ. You can't be condemned because Christ is already convicted and restored. You can't be condemned <coughs> in Christ. And nothing will ever be able to separate us from his love. Like I said previously in this message. That is the only thing that cannot be taken away from us. Is God. Christ. Holy Spirit inside us. Okay. (coughs) Having believed the gospel. We now live in the spirit of of God. That allows us to call God Abba Father, my daddy. We suffer with Christ and we suffer along (coughs) with all creation while we wait for God to reveal us as his sons. So when the the time comes and we go to be with the Lord, (coughs) he'll reveal, (coughs) excuse me, he'll reveal that we are his kids. 
With this step of the Spirit, with this help of the Spirit, we are confident that God is for us and loves us in Christ. Very important stuff. <coughs> so I'm trying to get through to you. Trying to get through to you that we have to believe because God himself says it. He is the creator. If we're with him, no one's against us. It may seem like they are. They may act like they are. But that really against us. They're against the Christ in us. I don't know. I don't know nothing wrong with you. I just don't like the way you act, the way you handle it. I'm nothing against you. I'm not trying to judge you. <coughs> but I'm, but I, I, I don't like how you perceived that or how you went about that. That you didn't do anything or you didn't bring anything against anybody. I don't like that way. Against you, against how you act, how you do things, how you meditate, how you move. It's all Jesus. It's all it is Jesus. Oh, goodness. So, <clears throat> what I'm saying to you now is that <clears throat> be confident if you're a believer in the Lord, have Jesus in your heart. That you are secure, you have nothing to fear, and you can move forward. That's the that's the promise of the Lord. Okay? <clears throat> Romans 8.31 If he is for you, who can be against you? Even the devil can't be against you. He may make your life tough. And the devil truly actually hates you. Because the devil knows that if you are growing over God, <clears throat> you want nothing to do with him. And, you're not, and he, you can tell him. Scram. <clears throat> and he has to. Okay? I hope this message hits you right in the cortisol. And you understand how important it is to have the Lord. How important it is to, to be with the Lord. And that you are truly not being held against anything. That you are actually rocking with the right one. You know what I mean? So... That being said, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's here watching this, listening to this message, who needs prayer. Prayer, help, guidance, and so forth. So, what I like to do this time is pray for you. Pray for you on anything you're going through. You know what you're going through out there. You know what you're dealing with, but pressures and other life obstacles you're dealing with. So as I pray, I want you to to ask God as I pray to help you get through these things. Help you to love Him. Help you to 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 unload your onto Him so He can help you. Okay? Father, I come to you right now, Lord. I come to you right now, Lord. And I ask you right now, Lord. Ain't the, the ones hurting. Someone out there is hurting. Someone out there needs you in a situation, in a circumstance, in a decision, in a family crisis, in a, in a home crisis. They need you right now. In the name of Jesus, they need you. And I ask you right now to move upon their life. Move upon 
their situation, Father. Move upon their decisions and help them. Holy Spirit, guide them to the right decisions that will help them through whatever challenges they go through. I pray for those families who have lost loved ones to this to disease and viruses and infections and 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 health problems father i ask you to to comfort them father and to bring your holy spirit peace to them father that they need to know that you're with them it's not to say condolences it's nice to give your thoughts and prayers to people but in the end of the day we need to continually pray. Not just we have one little prayer up, but continually pray. So, Father, I ask you for that continuous prayer. That every time we think of them, to pray for them. Every time we get on a on a a, a, a news feed of some sort, and we see or we think of them, to pray for them and their peace, and send them your Holy Spirit, Father, that they the Holy Spirit covers them like a blanket, and that they get that peace in them, Father. Father. I'm praying for the salvation of countless, 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 countless people out there, Father, who need you, who need you right now, Father. They need you. They need to know you're with them. They need to know that you've got them, Father. They need to know that you're not going to leave their side. Right now, I'm going to ask that anyone out there who has not received the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Or those who may, who need a rededicate, a refreshing, a refreshing of the screen, refreshing of the life, a reboot. If you fall in those categories, <laughs> that you repeat this prayer after me. Mean it. You want to change. You want God to do something special in your life. You want God to touch you in a supernatural way that has never happened before. You want God to reboot your system, reboot you, a do-over. God's a God's the father of do-overs. He many people do-overs all the time, daily, minute, maybe hourly, maybe minutely. Who knows? But they do them. So say this prayer after me, mean it, and get your get your start, get your restart. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak to you. I ask for forgiveness for my sins. Forgiveness for my sins. And I ask that your son, Jesus, come into my life and into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe he came down from heaven, died on the cross for me to for, to, for remission of my sins. And I thank you, Jesus, for that opportunity to have forgiveness through you. I ask you, Lord, to forgive my sins and to lead me, guide me, and direct me in your ways and in your word. Thank you, Jesus, for my salvation. And I ask the Holy Spirit to come into my life as well. In the, in the in the show me guidance and wisdom through my steps. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Holy Spirit, 
for my salvation and for me to be a part of God's family. In Jesus' name, by way of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen and amen. If you said that prayer, please reach out to us. Pentecost Ministries. Okay? I'm going to go on here on on uh, Facebook. I'm going to put um, the link on here. You can... Uh, You can uh, email us through Blue Book. Um, I'll also put the email address on the site here eventually. But Pentecost Ministries, definitely reach out to us. We would like to know uh, that you said the prayer, you've seen the cast, and that uh, and that you know maybe a little bit about you, what you've been through, what you've seen. How God has reached you, a little briefing, and we'll definitely help you uh, in your walk. Discipleship is 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 absolutely imp- in, in, uh, imperative in this. You don't lead people to the Lord and then not give them discipleship. Give them scriptures, give them uh, refreshing, how to get in there, baby milk, and so forth. So we bless you on that. Okay, we'll let you know before we. Uh, come to the end of this okay God is for us God wants you to be a part of his kingdom through Jesus not just the birth in the earth that's your first birth your second birth your second birth is an accountable birth your first birth is your earthly birth the second birth is your accountability it's you saying I did I'm done I'm with. Okay? That doesn't stop the sinning necessarily. That that just gives you hope. You have someone to go to regardless. You don't have to worry about am I gonna am I in the right hands? You're in the right hands. But you have to be accountable. Accountability is like the the number one thing in in the Jesus Christian walk. Okay? So he's for you. You said the prayer. Hit us up. The links on Facebook, Pentecost, spelt with uh, um, with the five O. Let me put it here on Instagram too. Okay. Please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you and be a part of whatever walk, part of the walk you're in. Okay. Jesus loves you. Romans eight thirty one. Anyone for if God's for you. No one can be against you. Okay? Fear. Respect God. Follow Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit flow through you like a Russian river. Until next time. Until next time. And until next time. Jesus <laughs> strong
Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, yeah, we see. 